Welcome to the Mousecapades Podcast, the number one podcast that entertains that space between your ears. And now, here are your hosts, Vicky and Kaylee. Happy Friday, Mousecapades listeners. This is Vicky, and I'm here with Kaylee and Josiah. We are so happy that you're joining us. We hope that you're all safe, happy, and healthy. This is episode 533, and you are listening to the number one podcast that entertains that space between your ears, the Mousecapades podcast. In today's episode, we are going to be talking about Hamilton the Musical. As you know, Disney Plus released the movie Hamilton on Friday, July 3rd. Hopefully by now you have had the opportunity to watch it at least one time. If not, we want to give you a warning that this episode may spoil things for anyone who hasn't watched it yet. That being said, if you haven't watched Hamilton, you may want to listen to this episode after you've had the opportunity to view it. Before we get started, we need to remind you that the Mousecapades podcast is part of the Your Story Travel Company. At Your Story Travel Company, we can plan a magical trip for you on any budget. Before we start discussing Hamilton, the movie slash musical... We felt that we needed to give you a little background on the musical and how it came to be. So some of you may already know this, but Lin-Manuel Miranda is the mastermind behind Hamilton. Lin-Manuel read the 2004 biography about Alexander Hamilton that was written by Rob Chernow about the founding father, and he began writing this musical. Ironically, Lin-Manuel knew only a couple of facts about Alexander Hamilton, that Hamilton was on our $10 bill and that he died in a duel until he read the biography written by Chernow. He was going on vacation with his girlfriend, who is now his wife, and wanted a big book to take with them. Lin-Manuel got caught up in the book and how Hamilton's life had humble beginnings. Hamilton was an immigrant that helped shape our nation. Lin-Manuel wanted everyone to know that this wasn't a quick process. It took him seven years to write Hamilton the musical. He said it wasn't an overnight success. It took him a whole year to write My Shot, which is the second song in the show. He said that he knew he couldn't control the success of Hamilton, but he said he wanted to write something that stayed true to what he started out writing. So in November 2009, Lin-Manuel performed Alexander Hamilton, the very first song from the musical, at a private event at the White House. And he said before that time, the only person who had heard the song was his wife and the shower, which I thought was hilarious because that makes sense. We all sing in the shower. So that makes sense that those are the only people that would have heard it. Uh, He was invited by President Obama to perform a White House poetry jam. Lin-Manuel decided to try out the song and he said if it didn't work out that he was just going to put this whole project aside and start something else. Obviously, we know how it went and he received a standing ovation from President Obama. For Hamilton, what I'd do is write at the piano until I had something I liked, Miranda recalls. I'd make a loop of it and put it in my headphones and then walk around until I had the lyrics. That's where the notebooks came in sort of write out what comes to me, bring it back to the piano. I kind of need to be ambulatory to write lyrics. So Miranda had already had a musical on Broadway called In the Heights, and it was a huge success. Not quite as big as Hamilton, obviously, but it was a big success. And the both these shows are very similar in the style because it's, they're both written by Miranda. And I think it's interesting learning about his the way he writes because 
it is so unique in the fact that he writes the music and the lyrics. So a lot of the times in musical theater, two people will be partners in writing the music for the show. So the classic Rodgers and Hammerstein or the more updated Pasek and Paul who wrote Dear Evan Hansen. So there is often one person that does the music and one person that does the lyrics. And I think there is something really special when you have the one person that writes both because it is all coming out of one brain. And I think that's what makes it so seamless. I really thought that was a cool quote from directly from Randa about him and how he got the music because how cool is that? I struggle because a lot of times I have songs in my head and I don't think about or I come up with words and then I can't think about the music. So you're totally right, Josiah. Like the Sherman brothers were the same way. And I was trying to think the Lopez's with Frozen. So I really thought it was cool to see a person that can do both of those. That makes him extra talented, I believe. I think you could do it if you wanted. may not be great, but you could do it. Well, I mean, we wrote a song. I don't know if you remember for Children's Choir. Dad and I did. But I, I was, the words came to me when I was doing a devotion one day. And then Dad put a tune to it. But I don't, I would have to do that all the time. And I don't know that my mind works like that. I don't know. Mine kind of does. But not motivated to do that. The first act takes us from Hamilton's humble beginnings in the Caribbean to the end of the Revolutionary War. The second act is a rap battle for the future of the Constitution and the fight for Hamilton's marriage and reputation, and of course, the duel. The show moves rather quickly and is sometimes hard for the audience to keep up. In fact, when we were watching it at the very beginning, Kaylee tried to put it on closed caption and we realized that Disney Plus was not allowing that because she was concerned at the beginning with the rap that we might be not be able to understand what was being said. So instead, she just interpreted it for us because she knows all the words, which was fine. So uh, the audience would comment after they went to, after the audience viewed the musical, they would comment to each other that they thought that's the way that Alexander Hamilton should have been taught in schools, which I got to say, if all history was a musical, I would have done much better in history. Just saying. Um, I don't know about you guys. You can talk about that in just a second. But the original cast of this musical that opened in 2015 is what made this musical a success, in my opinion. What's really interesting, commenting on how fast it is. So the musical is a little over two and a half hours long, which is very long for a musical to begin with, because typically a Broadway musical is right over two hours. So it's very long to begin with. But I read an article that if... Hamilton was done at the typical speed of a Broadway musical, so it wasn't wrapped and it, the songs weren't that fast and they were more along the typical lines of a musical, it would be about six hours long. Isn't that crazy? That's so long. I'd be like, I'm out. It'd be like operas. It'd be like six hours. That's only halfway done. I, yeah, I do know the words because... I've listened to it a lot. I listened to it when it first came out. But there were things, especially the rap battle, stood out being able to watch it. Because when you listen to it, it's interesting and engaging just to listen to. But it's funny to watch because they make it way more like a, when hip-hop was created in the 90s, like the way hip-hop battles actually work. But they are it's a trial. It's just really creative. Plus, the actors are just hilarious. You can tell they work well together. Speaking of the actors... Lin-Manuel Miranda cast himself as Alexander Hamilton. He was most known at this point for In the Heights, like I said before, another musical that he had previously written. Leslie Odom Jr. was cast as Burr, and he had performed in a number of things, including Smash the TV Show, Person of Interest and Law and Order, Special Victims Unit, which Leslie Odom Jr. won 
the Tony for Best Leading Actor in a Musical that year for Hamilton, which very well deserved. And Lin-Manuel Miranda was nominated, but Leslie Odom Jr. won. And then David Diggs was cast as Marquis de Lafayette and Thomas Jefferson, which if you don't know, in the first act, there are some actors that play one set of characters like Lafayette. And then in the second act, they'll play a different character like David Diggs plays Jefferson. And David had starred in many shows, including Blackish and the Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. What was he in the Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt? That's hilarious. He was... I cannot remember his name because I just wa- I watched that show recently. And he was the guy at the college that Kimmy becomes friends with. Ah, okay. So I only watched the first few episodes of The Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt and I never finished it. But this dude was funny. Like, he's one of my favorite ones to watch. Oh, he won a Tony as well. That's pretty great. I just thought it was amazing. We, we touched on this and it may come up again, but how they switched out from one character to the other and all they did was like a hair change or a clothing, you know, just clothing changes and how their whole persona changed within the musical. That was pretty amazing to me. And it just showed how talented that they are. Yeah. And with Diggs, I like read like a list of things, just things to know about Hamilton, like after it came out. And one of the things he says in the second half as Jefferson, I think as part of the rap battle, they're like, and where were you? And he just goes, uh, France. That was like not in the script. And they left it in. And they left it like they liked it. And so they were like, all right. (laughs) And so he just goes, uh, France, (laughs) because that is where he comes from at the beginning of the second half. Renee Elise Goldsberry played Angelica, one of the Schuyler sisters and Hamilton's sister-in-law. Goldsberry has been on a lot of shows, including One Life to Live, The Good Wife, and Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist. Philippa Sue, Eliza, Hamilton's wife, has been on shows like Smash and The Code. The third sister, Peggy, was played by Jasmine Sethus Jones. Okay, we're going to go there. Go with that. Jones has been in many different TV shows, but the longest roles were on Mrs. Fletcher and Free Ray Sean. The thing that I thought was interesting was that these ladies are so talented. Obviously, they're in the show and and the show was just, it blew me away more than probably I thought it was going to. Again, teach history like this, history teachers, and then maybe people would be more excited about history. And I know some people just automatically are, but For us, like music is our big thing in our family. So if it has something with music, we're going to learn about it because it's just important to us. And people are the same way with history. But I didn't even realize that they were, I knew I had seen them. And I kept saying to Kaylee, I know that I've seen her. I know that I've seen her. And I didn't know where I had seen her. And so that's why I felt like it was important that we let you know where you may have seen these characters. Uh, Another thing that I thought a connection as far as family, this is a spoiler in case people are not listening, but Jasmine Cephas Jones is the daughter of the man who plays Randall's biological father in This Is Us, the one that passed away. And so I thought it was really interesting. And if you look at her and then him, and you can totally see the connection. Yeah, I think these women just sound really good together. I'm impressed every time I hear it. And even live, studio recordings will always just be polished compared to live recordings, no matter how good the vocalist is, just because it's it's polished you can do stuff with it yeah that's the point of a studio recording but they sound so good together live like not a lot of people can pull off at least three people singing all at one time multiple parts the texture's thick on top of what they're already singing and they're doing runs in harmony it's just super impressive what's really interesting too is so i saw hamilton in chicago 
and then I saw it at the Fox Theater, and then after watching this, that is something that was consistent between all the productions, is the vocals were phenomenal in all of them, and I did not feel like one was not up to the par of the studio recording. And I thought that was really cool. And I don't know if that has something to do with the way that Miranda writes or if it's just the sheer talent from the cast or if it has to do with the sound system, which I've read a lot about and the mics that they use and stuff. So I don't know what what it is, but it, it was incredible every single time I've seen it. Yeah, and for me personally, like, especially once I know a musical through the soundtrack and it's all just like aural and that's all I've been able to do is hear it. If I go to a live production and it doesn't sound the same, it's disappointing, at least to somebody who knows music super well. Maybe it doesn't bother some other people, but I'm picky. (laughs) And so if it's not as good or if I feel like it's lacking, I'm just kind of like, eh, this is a little underwhelming. And I think it could be all of what you said, Josiah, as far as connections, because it's like, I'm going to relate this to school. I know it's a shocker to the listeners and to you guys, but if you develop the right classroom discipline at the beginning of the year, or you create this community, it becomes a family and it functions like a family. Yes, you're going to have fighting and bickering and stuff, but it flows smoothly and it's hard at the end of the year to go away from each other. I feel like the the casts and that might be Lin-Manuel. I don't know that if he made that connection because they know he wrote it. They all created this family unit because you could tell that they love working together. And after that, then I was YouTubing. I'm really becoming a bad YouTuber at this point. I mean, like it's addicting. Oh, me too. But I watched a YouTube video where they were on Jimmy Fallon. And I don't know if you saw that or not, Josiah, but you need to. And they hadn't been together because of COVID, just like the rest of us. And they just like jumped back into their own ways with each other. And then they did a song and it was impeccable. Now, I'm sure there was some touching up here and there, but it was amazing. They did it from their homes. So Jonathan Groff, who played Kristoff in Frozen and Frozen 2, played King George. He was amazing. I loved that role. I could just watch that thing over and over and over. Not that that's better than anything else in there, but he just played it so well. His humor and um, portrayal made me laugh. From the minute he got on the stage, I looked at Kaylee like, is that Kristoff? And she just smiled and she's like, yeah, I know. She knew that what I was thinking, like she was reading my mind. So besides the Frozen movies, Groff has been a part of Glee and Legan's Frozen Northern Lights and Mindhunter, just to name a few. And since we watched Hamilton, I watched a little bit of Mindhunter. This guy is so talented and we knew that anyway, but... Mindhunter is a serious drama. It is nothing like the King George character. It is nothing like Kristoff and Sven. So if you, you know, listeners, if you don't watch Mindhunter, you might want to check it and you like Jonathan Groff, you might want to go ahead and watch it because to see his role, I was like, holy cow, this, I can't even believe the same person. He's so serious. He does a really good job of like making the most of the time he does have on stage because he really doesn't even move. Like the rest of the musical is moving like through vocals or rapping or there's turntables on the stage like they're consistently moving but his character stands still and I didn't want to not look like it was not boring to watch him because his facial expressions are everything to his character his inflection and his voice we were saying he was so intense like because they do the close-ups in the Hamilton musical he was spitting so much I was like I mean that happens but (laughs) whoa it was like a lot I don't know his character is so flamboyant 
and teasing in the way that I think Americans thought of King George is like what it is. And so I just think it's hilarious how he struts around stage and he's like, I told you. Like, that's pretty much his whole character is like, so you think that's going to work? No. And then especially like towards the later half in like his last number, he is off to the side, like just watching it all play out. Like, yeah. I read too that his walk did not originally come from him thinking, oh, this is how King George would walk. It's that the first crown that he had was just so obnoxiously heavy that he had to walk. He had to figure out a way to walk so that it wouldn't fall off his head. So that's where that uh, that walk came from. And that's he thought, funny. he thought, well, that's perfect. And also he has previous Broadway credits, including the original production of Spring Awakening. So he is definitely a Broadway veteran. Yes, he for any Glee lovers, it's really hard to watch him in that because I love him in everything else, but he's such a hateable character in Glee that I'm like, oh, wow, this is really hard for me to watch. So one thing that I personally absolutely love about this show are the tech elements because that is what my mind always goes to. And the set is my favorite part out of all the tech elements because of the impeccable design and the creative process that David Corrins went through to create that. And he was the set designer and he is my favorite Broadway set designer. And something that's really cool is that the two circles in the middle of the stage, those are called turntables that were turning during the show. That was the first thing that he thought of with the show because he knew that from reading the script and hearing the demos that Miranda had come up with, that the whole show just, it was like turning. It was always turning. And Burr and Hamilton are always just in this feud and in this duel. So that's why he came up with the two turntable idea. And then there's the scaffolding everywhere because he likes to say that these founding fathers created the scaffolding for our country. And I thought that's really interesting, too, because he doesn't like to say the foundation of the country, like most people say, it's the scaffolding, which I think is really cool because it's creating what we are able to build from that. And I love the set. The costumes, too, are just so smart in the colors and the complimentary colors. And I just I love it. Yeah, I had even said to mom that I'm impressed because there were portions of the musical. It's long. There were portions of the musical that I was kind of like, even though I know this, it's kind of getting hard to sit through just because I'm fidgety. But I was never bored with what was going on. And the set never changes. They make adjustments to it and they bring stuff in and they move staircases but the set doesn't change like in other musicals so it was really impressive for them to do that again because this musical is constantly moving it's similar to Les Mis in that there's almost no talking it's all singing and rapping so I just think that the cost and mom made that comment that she thinks the costumes are so well done because they had financial ability to put all of that into the costumes because the set was not extensive other than the turntables. I'm sure that was not cheap to do. Oh, I know, but who knows? I mean, there could have been something like that and then he just made a head of inner and outer, but that's what at first I was so impressed with was the inner, there were two two turntables. One was inner, one was outer and because I was like, wait, they're moving now. Okay, how's this working? But uh, you made a good point, Josiah, about the costumes I loved that his wife, Eliza, 
always had on a like a robin's egg blue like they must have known that that brought out her eyes or something and so all of her costuming no matter when she changed the dress or nightgown or whatever she was wearing was that color same thing with angelic i believe hers was the same i was trying to remember about the other skylar sister but i I didn't pay as much attention to her because she was kind of, I know she was an important part, but not as important as the That's kind the of the idea two. of her character, why she sings, and Peggy, because she's kind of just the extra. <laughs> yeah, she was not cool. nearly as involved, like in true history, she yeah. was not nearly as involved in Hamilton's story as Angelica and Eliza were. So yeah. that's why in the first act, she's just like, and Peggy. And in the second act, she's Mariah Reynolds, like she's not even in it. Yeah. But Angelica says some of my favorite lines in the whole thing. Yes. Um, I don't know. Do you? I don't know if you have favorite lines from it, but I'll share mine. And I think both of them are said by Angelica, actually, or all the sisters, I guess. But the one is where she, they sing about, we hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal. And then they have the part that goes, when I meet Thomas Jefferson, I'm going to compel him to include women in the sequel. And I was like, wow, go fight for women. Woo. But also when Angelica says it's after Eliza and Alexander are like together, she goes, I'm just saying, if you really loved me, you would share him. I'm like, <laughs> whoa. But I just think it's really funny that she sings that in such a sassy tone. My favorite part of the whole show, well, I love Burn because my favorite songs and musicals are always the ballads. Yeah. That's just my kind of thing. But my favorite part of the whole show is Helpless and Satisfied. That whole yes. combo. Because so I good. remember when I saw it for the first time in Chicago, I was blown away because of the genius that is that little combination because of the choreography, the staging, everything is just so cool. And it's so easy to follow, which is really neat too, yeah. because it is this super complicated sequence where it's taking you back through time and showing you that same story through Angelica's perspective. But it's done in a way that even if you don't know the show coming in, you can totally tell what's going on. I think that's really cool. And part of that is I've read that there are over 500 lighting instruments in this show which is insane to think about and thousands of light cues which makes total sense and being like having been in shows a lot of shows i've been in which have do not have nearly as advanced equipment but they will have a couple hundred light cues i know one i was in had like 300 and something light cues but hamilton had thousands of light cues and that's I, stressful yes and i think it's that's what is able to tell the story and like you said, it's not changing the set. The lighting is what is helping create the atmosphere. So Hamilton was nominated for many awards. It was nominated for a record-breaking 16 Tony Awards and won 11 of them. And that is crazy. The only musical that has won more than that was The Producers in, was that 2000 or 2002, something like that. They won 12 Tony Awards and that is the record. But Hamilton, won 11 so that is phenomenal and here's some awards that they won the Lawrence Olivier Award for Outstanding Musical Achievement in 2018 a Grammy Award for Best Musical Theater Album in 2016 and then Tony Award awards wise they won the Tony for the Best Book of a Musical the Best Original Score Leading Actor which was Leslie Odom Jr. but Miranda was also nominated and 
Philippa Sue was nominated for Eliza for Best Leading Actress. She did not win. But Best Supporting Actor in a Musical actually had three nominations for Hamilton. It was Jonathan Groff and then David Diggs for Jefferson. And the guy that played Washington was nominated. So all three of them were nominated for that role. And David Diggs won. And then Supporting Actress in a Musical, Renee Elise Goldsberry was nominated and she won. They won for costumes, lighting design, direction, choreography, and orchestrations. They were nominated for set design, didn't win because She Loves Me won, which that it definitely deserved it, but so sad. But so they had an extremely successful awards season, and I think it is all worth it. And all the hype that this show gets, it deserves it all. And I know a lot of the times people say, oh, it has too much hype, it it's people think it's better than it actually is no it is very good it's well done just especially being about history the fact that it can be that engaging and it's historically for the most part accurate because he did so much research to stay true to hamilton's story because it was important to him i think that's true though with uh we're musical people so most everything we're gonna enjoy in some aspect or another whether it's costumes or setting or uh the songs but some people hate wicked and i know that that's hard i know just so it's gonna have a heart attack um some people hate wicked i really enjoyed cats but most people that i know do not like cats right you're both boring you're both shaking your head at me but I think it was probably my first Broadway musical that I saw. It was on a tour. It wasn't at, on Broadway. Um, everybody told me that I would love Phantom of the Opera. I like Phantom of the Opera, but I didn't love it as much as I do Wicked. Like I get engulfed in Wicked every time I see it. And I feel like Hamilton, same way. I only saw it that one time so far. I want to watch it again. But just after doing that, you caught me humming and singing some of the songs. And so I think... It just has perspective for different people for different musicals and everybody's going to think differently. But this one overall, I think, is amazing, in my opinion. Obviously, listeners are going to have different opinions as well. Yes. And I just thought of some, like another small thing that just was thought about. And I read it in that same list that I was reading about him adding the uh, France thing. But that they created the bullet that is be- in the duel between Burr and Hamilton at the end you see the woman who's representing holding the bullet. Well, she is a bullet the entire musical. You just don't realize that until you go back and look because she shows up in battles. Philip uh, Hamilton flirts with her right before he dies. So he's flirting with death. And so everything in the show is really like, they really put a lot of thought into it. That was the most surprising thing to me that I was like, that was a lot to keep up with. But like when you go back and think about it, it makes sense that she is representative of death. There are so many small details. And a lot of the times people think, why do you put so much effort into that? But in my opinion, you may not realize that watching the show, you may not realize that it's that one person, but you feel it. There are things that are done throughout the show that you may not realize, but you feel. So one thing I read was, Burr always walks in a very straight line. In the staging, he's always walking straight. And Hamilton is always walking in a curved demeanor. And that's not something that, you know, the average Joe isn't going to sit in their seat in the theater and think, hmm, Burr is walking in a very linear perspective, (laughs) and then Hamilton's walking in a curvy way. And so you you don't notice that. 
but you feel the detail that is put in that helps tell the story in such a beautiful way. Lin-Manuel Miranda said that he hopes that the audience learns a lot of life lessons from Hamilton, and he also hopes to inspire people to make their own mark on the world. Miranda is quoted as saying, Your story will be told by those who survive you. You have no control over that, he said. You can only control what you do and what you put into the world. Hamilton put a lot into the world in his short time, and he was outlived by his enemies for a very long time. But he was also outlived by his wife, who was, to me, the hero of the show. His wife leaves an incredible legacy of her own, and I think that's what moves people, is the notion of what do we do with the time we have on this planet. One last thing to put in. If anyone has seen this, you saw that at the end of the show, Eliza comes to the edge of the stage and she gasps. Now, this is such a big controversy and has been since that soundtrack came out because people have very differing opinions on what that is, thinking, is that Eliza dying? Is that her seeing Hamilton? Is that her seeing that the audience is there so that Hamilton's story is being told? And through me seeing the show, that is what I took, that it is her seeing that his story is being told. But this morning, I read an article that Lin-Manuel Miranda said, the gasp is the gasp is the gasp. And he said he loves all the interpretations. So, and even he said that it's up to the Eliza. It's whatever they are feeling at the moment that it is. So I think that's really cool and that makes it such a unique experience is that that gasp might have a different meaning every time. To me, it'll always be that she's seeing that her story, his story is being told. But I just think that that is a really cool and beautiful moment at the very end of the show. I would agree. And that is another thing that makes Miranda such an amazing writer is I think he knew it could mean something different to different people. And that's why it was there. But I mean, that's my own opinion. Of course, obviously, this whole show is about our opinions. But uh, we wanted to Hamilton was such a big thing for Disney coming out on Disney Plus, And so many people now have seen it that couldn't afford to go see it at the theater, but they could afford to play for Disney Plus monthly. So I just feel like it's really opened up musical theater for people that may have not been able to ever see musical theater and maybe get a whole new generation of people, which would make Josiah happy because not everybody in his I mean, theater kids, yes. But there are other kids that I think Hamilton pulls in besides theater kids by just watching it. Well, guys, I really have enjoyed talking to you about Hamilton and getting to know more. I know you both loved it before we I ever watched it. I should say you both or Kaylee had heard it. You had watched it twice in the Fox and then in Chicago's theater. I don't even know the name of it. (laughs) It's fine. I'm just glad that I could enjoy this with you and that you could share with the listeners your thoughts. Um, Kaylee on musical and Josiah theatrical pulling those two together. It's just uh, always good to hear. And I hope that the listeners enjoyed it too. If you are interested in being a guest on our show or you have a question or comment, you can email us at mousecapadespodcast at gmail.com. Or if you would like to book a trip or just want a free quote, contact us at yourstorytravel.com. You can check us out on our social media accounts, yourstorytravel.com, our Facebook page, The Mousecapades Podcast, and our Twitter page, Mousecapades Pod. 
Be sure to listen to Wednesday's show as we dish the latest rumors and news and chat with the gang. As always, thanks for listening to the number one podcast that entertains the space between your ears, the Mousecapades podcast. Well, you too, I think it's about that time. Disney love and pixie dust. Who puts the gladding gladiator? Have Have a a magical magical day, day, my friends. friends.